And welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nick. And Janelle. And uh, I am fighting my sinuses. If I sound a little off, I had to do, use one of those little uh, things you... Uh, what is that, a steroid of some sort? It's like the nasal spray, like the saline. Yeah. So I had to use that because otherwise um, it might have been a disaster for this podcast. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's been close to three weeks, hasn't it been? I think so. It has been a whirlwind. Um, I guess the point of this podcast is just really to give an update on dad and how we're doing. Um, and, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe something, a couple other things. I know the whole Israel thing kicked off and I'd love to chew into that at some point, but let's, let's talk about dad. So, um, it would have been, uh, two weeks ago when um or yeah, before like that a, what was the, the week 28th of september is when he actually went to the <clears throat> hospital so the but the 25th i had gone to columbus for training for with fema so i was up in columbus doing training this is how this all went down um <clears throat> so dad, dad, let's 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 go back a little further dad had a stroke back in uh uh roughly about 28 18 maybe and um it was it was f- pretty severe. Um, he came out of it okay, but it, like he was limited to his left side, uh, having some issues. Um, he had the whole I don't know if it's the proper term for it, but club foot kind of thing or dropsy, drop, yeah, drop that foot. drop foot or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he had he had movement and stuff like that where he could he could do things like with his left hand, but it's like he kind of have to lift with his shoulder a little bit. It, you know, he he got around it fine. And those of you that have seen, you know, he preached after that. So you those of you that are um, uh, familiar with him preaching and stuff, know like kind of how what condition he was in. He could get around, he could walk and stuff like that just fine. He even drove. Um, but we get to, he would have like little setbacks, and it was easy for us to kind of go, maybe it's because he's not exercising like he should be or something like that. And so we would kind of chalk it up to that. Um, but since then, I think we have realized that there was other things that were going on. So now what we know, this, is, this has been the source of his problem. Back in 2018, roughly, well, let's say it may have been even the fall, like some, the winter of 17, like, like going maybe like December of 17, somewhere in there. Dad had gone outside to go up and get the mail from the mailbox across the road. The driveway has a slope to it um, to where... It's a flat out hill. <clears throat> yeah. And there was ice on it. It's paved, but there was uh, there was ice and snow on it. And Dad was uh, walking back from getting the mail, and we did not know about this at the time. We just knew he went out to get the mail. He slipped, fell, and hit the back of his head. He was out for probably, from what he said, maybe close to like 30 seconds or a minute maybe. And he gets up and comes walking in. He's like, I fell. And I remember him because I was on the couch or something like that when, when he talked about this. He's like, I fell. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I hit my head and it knocked me out. And he's kind of, you know, he's kind of laughing about it or whatever. And he seemed fine, but he wasn't. And what we have found out is that they, they asked us, they said, did he suffer from some kind of blunt trauma to the back of his head? And everybody just kind of like, no. And then, oh, wait a minute. So what happened was there is a vessel back there that must have been ruptured somehow, or it had a tear in it from when he fell. And it has been throwing clots the whole time. And these little, these little, um, it, it would try to heal, but then it would throw a clot. Then it would try to heal, throw a clot. 
On top of this, he has uh, these two vessels, and I'm no medical expert, but he has these two vessels evidently that go along the back of the base of the brain that, su that supply um, blood to his brain back there. And one of them is completely blocked, I think. And the other one's damaged. Yeah, so. some, something along those lines. So his front, the vessel in the front, has made, um, has compensated for this. And so blood is being taken from the front of his brain and rerouted to the back via this vessel in the front. So <clears throat> the ultimate fix for this is, of course, they said blood thinner. Um, they have a special, a special prescribed blood thinner that he would have to take, and this would allow that one in the back to heal. And uh, I think that some of this wouldn't even help resolve some of the stuff he's got going on back there in the base of the brain. Possibly. Um, there, there's, I'm, I can't give you all the details. It's been a whirlwind, but let me go. And I'm kind of getting ahead of the story, but I'm up there for training, and I hear that Dad fell. And um, I think, yeah, I think it was mm -hmm. the week while I was up there training. And I get a picture, and Mom sends me, and Dad's on the floor. And they can't, she can't get him up. Like, it's not that he's, like, asleep or something. It's like he's just so weak he can't get up, and he's feeble. And she had to get my brother, and they had to put him on a sheet and drag him into the living room and um, help him up, kind of pulling him up on the couch. But they said it was like you're trying to, like, pick up dead weight. Like, he would not move. Um, just so weak. So <clears throat> it's like, oh, you got to go to the hospital. No, I'm not going to go to the hospital. Well, the next day rolls around. And dad um, goes up to where his computer's at. And he comes back and he tells mom, he says, you know, he said, I think I'm having a stroke. And it's like he can feel that weakness on the left side all over again. Um, and mom's like, okay, we got to go. He got so bad that she basically had to bathe him. She had to do everything like that evening because he was so bad off. Um, she goes up to the hospital and when they get there, they're not quite sure if he's having a stroke and there's an awful lot more data that could go into everything and that went on and I won't get into it because for the sake of the story and everything, um, there's just, there's just a lot, but, um, he ends up in the ICU there at the hospital, um, our local hospital. And he's in there, and me and Janelle go up early on a Sunday morning. And we, after I get back from Columbus, and we uh, sit with him, and we literally watched him degrade, deteriorate from 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning until about 5. Mm -hmm. He just went downhill. And the doctor who was there at the time was such a kind guy. Um, he came in. And he um, suggested to us, he's like, look, um, if he's basically, from what this cliff notes, what the guy said, if dad stayed at the hospital, if he stayed there at SOMC, he would die. And he had to be transferred to a state. So um, the fear was that when he was, if he was intubated um, for travel, that there was a possibility he may never come off that and he could die. And we, it was, that was one of the most horrible moments that we had, but we knew that if he stayed, he died because there was nothing the hospital there could do for him any further. He had to have expertise. And the doctor had talked to OSU and by a miracle of the Lord, a bed had opened up in Ohio State's ICU. Didn't you say one time you had to wait three weeks for a patient to mm -hmm. get a bed there? So it's, it's hard to get in there. A lot of times people get transferred to Riverside, but 
it was OSU, and we were like, oh, my goodness, thank goodness. That's the it. only reason we waited three weeks is because that person refused Riverside. Ooh. So we were, <laughs> so we were stuck. Okay, they're just we're not going there. So okay, well, all right. So um, they put them. Uh, I think the ambulance got dad. At this point, they had to intubate him, and he was he was not responding. Um, you know, we were there, and they get him to OSU, and we got up there about nine that evening, and we saw him and everything like that. And it has been an adventure. Um, going up to to OSU and being in the past week and a half, he's been up there now. I think officially eight days. Or no, 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 eleven or twelve days. Um, what he went in uh, for the, the first. Okay, yep, that's right. He went in the first. So how many days has he been in? About thirteen. Thirteen. So he's been almost two weeks in Ohio State's ICU. Tomorrow will be two weeks. And uh, he was not responsive, really. Um, he just, he just laid there. They were doing their testing. They did uh, scans of his brain, all this other stuff confirmed it was a stroke. Um, they were, it got to a point where he probably about five days ago, four days ago. Yeah. Four or five, maybe about four, four or five days ago. Um, it got to a point, I think they, they just about lost him and it was where his heart rate and his blood pressure, blood pressure went down to like 55 over something, I think. And his heart rate was down to like 40s, I think, or maybe lower. I'm not sure what it was. It was like 30s, wasn't it? Yeah, he was getting really bad. And um, anyway, uh, my uncle had actually come in the room there. And there was this whole group of people gathered around and like, oh, hey, what's what, what's, what's, what's happening? It's, it's basically like, oh, yeah, well, he about died, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. And so he was not doing well at all. And we have had so many people praying for him. I can't tell you how many prayer chains. I can't tell you how many people individually have contacted my, my wife's family and um, through our family and churches. And for all of you that have been praying for him, thank you so much from the bottom of our heart, and please keep doing it. So um, we went up, was it Friday? I went up, no, 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 Thursday. We went up Thursday, didn't we? Mm -hmm. We went up Thursday. And now, mind you, Dad, um, last Friday, my wife had stood there, and we were trying to kind of, me and her had kind of gone up there to check on him and see how he's doing there in the, in the uh, nursing home, or not nursing home, but OSU. And I was looking for any kind of movement or whatever, and I understand that if people are kind of unconscious in a coma-like state, which is, in essence, what he was, he's in, um, that they can hear, some of them can hear. And we had seen evidence of that. Like, for instance, we would go in and his blood pressure would start to elevate as we were talking to him and stuff like that. And the longer people were there, it would continue to go up. Um, like, he, he could hear. Um, he could respond to, like, basically in involuntary movements. Like, my wife uh, was basically, like, massaging his foot. Oh, I'm dead meat. I was flat out tickling his feet. Yeah, he's really sensitive about the, about his feet. And, and she was doing that to get movement out of him. And he kept trying to pull away like that, that, that movement, you know, involuntary. And, uh, but we're kind of thinking from what we've seen, he's, he's, he's hearing everything you're saying. And, um, so, um, but it's like, he can't really respond. So we had a family meeting, um, with the, well, let me, let me go back. We went up 
two days ago. And I'm sorry, folks, if I'm kind of all over the place, because literally I have been all over the place. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get my, my dates correct. But about two days ago, which is the last time we went, we went up there and I went in first with my wife <clears throat> and there was a lot more movement out of dad. Um, he was uh, kind of, and there are some people that had gone up to pray with him. I think Jamie Bacon Hester had gone up to pray with him that, earlier that day. We went in to see him. My uncle and his wife and my cousin came. Then my mom and my sister came. And then my dad's cousin and her daughter came. He had a whole slew of visitors and his blood pressure was going up. And he was, um, I was, I was trying to get movement out of him, any at all. And I really wasn't getting, like he would move involuntary stuff, but I reached down to touch his hand, like to hold his hand. And when I did, he shifted his whole body in the bed. He'd never done that before with me. Well, it was like he had to kind of get warmed up because by the time he got to mom and my sister, my mother, now this is, she's referring to the hand that, that was affected during the stroke last time. She said, Randy, she said, if you can hear me, she said, can you, like this is after they massaged his hands, his feet, and, and did all, all this stuff. She said, can you move your thumb? And she said, I looked over his thumb, and all of a sudden he took that thumb and he started to wiggle it a little bit back and forth and it stopped. And it's kind of like, well, is that involuntary? Was it just by, by chance? And she's like, Randy, can you do it again? And he did it again. He can hear. He can hear. He's in there. It's just, and, and when we were there, his heart rate was around 47 or so, very low. Um, he's on a vent, but his lungs are not like so dependent on it, but they need him to wake up. They need his heart to take off. They need his blood to start flowing more freely to help push a lot of these. They got like clot busters in him and I don't know what else they've got going on and blood thinner and, and stuff. And they need his heart to really pick up. I can't tell you how many times or how many people have been praying for him. I know I reiterated it and the amount of prayer that was pushed towards him. And we start, we have seen him at his worst. And when there was a day when everyone felt as if they had kind of gotten clear and felt correct on what the Lord was doing. And we felt and I will tell you, and I can elaborate on this later, it is very hard to say, God, whatever your will be, when you want your way. And sometimes your way may not be God's way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's easy for us to, it's like the three Hebrew children who were standing there in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king tells them, he says... Uh, you know, uh, you didn't bow, and they said, "Oh, King, we're not going to worship your your golden image." Um, and uh, our our God can deliver us, and and uh, He can deliver us from this fiery furnace, and blah blah blah. And there's three little words, and I've preached this sermon before. And those of you who have been at the the church in Huntington, in Jackson Avenue, have heard me preach this. And there's three little words that sometimes people tend to ignore. It's but if not. People want their, their prayers answered the way they want them answered. They want uh, God to move in a certain way. They want um, their, their, their prayers answered in the way they want them answered. But what if God says no? And I will tell you, it is a very hard thing sometimes to come to peace with God, what God's will is. Because God's will may not necessarily be your will. 
And so um, I can tell you from personal experience what has happened is this entire event, it is a severe wake-up call to your faith and to your, and I don't mean like losing your faith, but kind of understand, there's frustration. I was frustrated. You know, you sit there and you're like, dad has only helped people. You know, he's probably one of the most well-read people. There's not a person, I'm including, and this is no insult or anything like that, but I can tell you this, that Dr. Brown at GBS doesn't have anything on him when it comes to his uh, his understanding and learning and what dad has. Dad has a, a religious library of over 14,000 books, and I guarantee you he's read just about every one of them. And he understands Greek and Hebrew, and, and he's just, he is, he's probably the smartest guy I know. And... Um, just brilliant, such a brilliant mind. And I've gone to him for advice on things and asking him for things, you know, religious topics and things like that. Like he's absolutely brilliant. And, um, for that reason, how many people have called and asked him for advice, not only medical advice because it was 40 years of experience in the hospital, but religious advice and, and, and things like that on theology. Um, and for that reason, you know, you want dad to be healed and you want him to stay with us and everything like that. And the hardest thing is to pray and make your request known to God, but also realize that there is a possibility God could say no. Um, and that God would choose to take him on home. So with all that being said, there was frustration. Um, I, I was frustrated at times because, you know, I've prayed with people that have been delivered who were drug addicts. And you go, why is God... Um, being so gracious to them, but why is it that a servant of his would have to suffer and not be healed and possibly pass away? And um, you, you don't understand. None of us truly understand what God's ultimate plan is with how he maneuvers pieces and does things like that. That's only for God to understand. You know, I've often said we are two-dimensional pieces. We are two-dimensional puzzle pieces in God's 3D world, um, and, and God is maneuvering things. We, As a puzzle piece, you can only see maybe to the uh, what's in front of you. You can't really necessarily see what's to the side of you and what's above you or the whole picture, but God sees the whole picture. And um, it is it has been a trial. It has been a trial and a half. And I realize that when it comes to prayer, some people say, well, if God's already preordained it, why pray at all? I mean, why would you pray at all? And you have to realize, though, that even though God may, God very well, he understands the future. He understands, he knows the past, the future, the present. He, ha he knows exactly what's going to happen. Um, all those decisions, the, the way the future has already been planned out and God knows what's going to happen, it has been planned with our feedback and our input taken into consideration. A certain person is healed because God knew people would intercede for them. Those prayers played a part. Those prayers played a part in that person being healed, and they were healed. If those prayers had not happened, they may not, they may not have been healed. That may not have been in the plan. But that what we do and our input, some people think it doesn't matter. Oh, it, it, it definitely matters. You know, Moses prayed for, I believe it was Moses prayed for food for the people, and I think it was the story of Hannah who um, wanted a child, and she prayed for a child. And these people would not have done that if they knew their prayers didn't matter. Your prayers matter. When you pray, your input affects the future. It does. And your and, and how the future turns out, it, yes, it has already been pre-planned by God, but has been pre-planned, taking into consideration your input. And your input has a impact. So 
that was, it's something that you really have to try to wrap your mind around, especially when it affects you and your family and, and you're frustrated. And this whole thing was very frustrating for me. It's not something where you're like, oh God, I'm so mad at you and I'm going to abandon your faith. No, you're frustrated. You know, and, and I think God understands that. And it was an up and down battle for me. And finally, like one night last week, I just cracked. And, and my wife can tell you, like, I sat by the bedside and I was just a mess. And it was the hardest thing to watch the person you love have to go through that. And I couldn't do it for him. It was tough. It was tough, you know, because I just, it, it's hard to wrap your mind around. You know, you want your, your dad to be okay and you, you hate to see him going through this and whatnot. And I had, I prayed really hard the next day, you know, I've been praying for him. And I felt that that was a moment where there was a getting through and I was at peace. I made my request known to God about his healing. I believe God can heal him and I'm at peace with what God's will is. I have put my input and therefore whatever God's plan is, I know my input is considered. So that takes us to, um, this last time we saw him and he was improving. Like I said, he was moving his thumb for mom on command. Um, he, he was doing better. And I'll tell you, everybody was kind of on the same page. We were feeling optimistic. We're feeling positive because what God is doing and God is starting to bring him up and we are very positive. And then you have a family meeting with the doctor the next day. And the advice is pull the plug. And I will tell you, that was a very, we had, we had a very serious and stern conversation with, it was three, three physicians, I believe, on the phone. And um, it was basically a, it, it takes your faith and puts it to the wall. Because then you go, okay, I, I know what they're telling us. But they're not in that room every day seeing how he's coming back. Right. They're not spending hours with him. They're not in there squeezing his hand and talking to him or playing music for him or uh, whatever. And I mean, I know he hears because I went in there and on purpose, I went and I told him everything that was going on, uh, what, where he was at. Um, I would inform him about what was going on with Israel because, of course, he's always into that and prophecy and things like that. Um, told him everything. I recently got a, ordered a book from about from uh, WB Gobby I found on Amazon or eBay that was fairly cheap, and I picked that up and told him about it, and he knew about that. Actually, he knew I'd ordered it before he went in, and I told him I'd received it in the mail. Um, when he was at OSU, I told him. But um, you then have a, a, a physician, and I know they've seen how many hopeless cases, but in this case, prayers at work, and we can see it. We know what's happening to him uh, because we're there with him. And we see that he's in there and he's trying his best to communicate. And we had a conversation yesterday and basically the Cliff Notes version is we've decided that we are, um, uh, you know, if God does not completely bring him out of this to where he's awake uh, in time for the move, they are going to install a trach and a feeding tube. Is that it? A peg, yeah. And they're going to put that in him. Uh, and so that way he'll be able to be transported in about a week uh, to a nursing facility uh, near where my sister lives in Williamsburg. So uh, that, that, is, that is the plan. Now I get to today. And today, um, brother, sister, mom, uncle, aunt, I think, and cousin may have gone today. And um, they went in there to see dad. And my mom said his movements were so much better. Um, and my sister told me, she said, I would hold his hand. 
And she said, I would say, Dad, can you move your thumb? And she said, it's like he, at one point he was too weak to get the thumb to move, but she would hold his hand and you could feel the muscles underneath the thumb tensing up and he was back and forth and he was trying so desperately to move. And, um, my mom uh, reached down with her nails to touch the bottom of his foot, and he completely pulled his foot away from her and kind of kept it. And we think it's because my wife literally put him <laughs> through torture when she was there. Because we were trying to get any kind of movement out of him last Friday. And my wife was like, close to an hour. He is going to kick me all the way back to Indiana and tell me to stay there. <laughs> like, imagine this. Imagine you're in your body. You can't move. You can't say anything. You can't open your eyes. You have an idiot tickling <laughs> your feet. You're, you're, you're aware of your sensations and things like that. And your daughter-in-law is tickling your feet for a solid hour. <laughs> and it's the most sensitive part of your body. And you can't do a thing about it. And by that moment, I'm sure he was probably about ready to come out of that bed and just just like <laughs> falcon punch you out the, out the wall. Um, but um, uh, it... it he did so much better today. Um, oh, his heart, where it had been at around an average of 47 to 50 beats, is now in the 80s. Yeah. And they said they, they've not given him any medication to do this. But all of a sudden, his heart has come back. And yeah. it's in the 80s now. And um, it is strengthened. And there's no meds that have done it. See, in these neuro checks, I know they have to be done. And for all any nurse out there that's listening, um, we absolutely know that you have a job to do and that you have yeah, and you got a lot of patients and you have a lot of patients and you have you also that is a stranger laying in the bed i think sometimes in those neuro checks because they have to document what they see and what they see may not be as dramatic as what a family is because right. that familiar is right. gone it's not familiar it may be um a different nurse every shift or you know he may have the same nurse for the day and right. the same nurse for the shift for the for the evening but that shift is going to change and the assignment's going to change and he may not ever have that nurse again right. whereas he has his wife that he loves coming in and his children that he loves yeah. and his daughter-in-law that he's not going to love when he comes out of this <laughs> but <laughs> you know and i'm just i've been the one that has always give him given him a little kiss on the cheek every time we've left mm -hmm. or you know several times it makes him giggle and whatever and every time we've left i've given him a kiss on the cheek mm -hmm. he he's very much he is improving tremendously um today they said the movements were way stronger his uh, reflexes uh whenever they reach to touch something or whatever would be almost instantaneous um today for the first time even though his eyes were closed and he's got his um uh his um breathing tube in he pushed himself up in the bed to better position himself like to, to make himself more comfortable it's like he's he's coming around and he hears everything being said so i told my uh, brother when he went up there and, and you know i said tell him everything like he hears everything he knows what you're saying um and but my sister said today though that when he uh when they told him to move his thumb and she said it did it several times on command um you know she'd feel the muscles under his thumb just going back and forth and she said he would do things deliberately like like move your leg or do this and he would do it and he'd hold it out there you'd feel the tension he'd keep the tension yeah, and then finally different. he'd let off like he's doing his absolute dead level best like hey i'm in here you know and then a doctor tells you to pull the plug and and you're just like what in the world and you feel like 
you feel defeated at first when you hear that from a doctor and they're like, well, what do you think his quality of life is going to be like? And we're sitting there like, Hey, we're seeing him coming up and you may not be in that room all the time. And I understand you have other patients, but this is drastically different than what he was a week ago. Yeah. Like he is coming around and today his heart is doing double what it was and they didn't give him medication for it. So let's prepare him for transport. So we can be exactly. with him more. And, and because we, we, we firmly believe it's, it's our belief we've prayed and we believe that God can heal him and God will heal him. And, um, you know, whatever God's will is, if God was to say, no, I'm going to take him on home. We're okay with that too. But, uh, but we have prayed and asked God to heal him. And that's what we believe. And, uh, we are, boy, we're holding on to it. We're holding on to it. And, uh, he is, he has done, he is doing way better than he was. He's doing everything, but, um, open his eyes. It's, it's, he's just right there. He's right there at the edge of the door. Just get him to open his eyes. So, um, for those of you out there that are still praying, please continue to pray for him. Please put him on your prayer chains. Do whatever you can. He's got a couple prayer cloths. I think this this is now his third prayer cloth up there. And I was like, man, we're going to get so many prayer cloths at some point. We're just going to start covering him over with a little homemade prayer cloth <laughs> quilt. Um, but uh, people are praying for him, and um, it is working. It is working. He is doing better. And um, I, uh, I guess I just wanted to kind of do a little bit of an update on what his situation was. Um, he's obviously still not out of danger. Um, what I mean, what I mean by that is like, um, maybe I should rephrase that. He's, he's not, stable. He's, he's stable. Critical. He's stable. Yeah. He's stable. He's not critical anymore. He's stable. He, they're they're going to see how he goes for this next week. And if there's no more setbacks, then he'll be ready for transport back down here, which is going to be so much better than driving two hours up and two hours True. back. I am going to say this. You get used to the drive. and It's, it's really, not bad. It's not a bad drive. I mean, like, you, you hit Chillicothe. I like that love station, too. For yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, it's, it's a nice little truck stop area. And, uh, and it got me a, uh, what was that, Squishmallow. Squishmallow. He uh, was... I don't even know what those things are. <laughs> I don't either. It's the first one I've had, but he got me one. <laughs> mm -hmm. We uh, we just kind of went up there, and um, it's like you hit Chillicothe, and then you blink, and you're at Circleville, and then you blink, you're South Bloomfield, and then you blink, and then 270, and, and you're heading up 315. To, literally, like uh, I think from Circleville, like the hospital's only like half hour away or something. It's not bad. Um, and um, you have some construction that you have to go through, but... I will tell you something. If you've never been to OSU's hospital, gigantic, massive. Like I thought our hospital, like, you, you know, I work at a hospital has about 200. I think we've got about 260 beds or so. Maybe I think we've only got some of them activated right now because of, during COVID there were more, I think. Um, but um, this place, once their new wing is built, it's going to be like over 3000 beds. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And they got over 5,000 5, some nurses. I think 1,800 physicians and the total staff of over 22,000. I, I think that's more they, than what lives in Portsmouth. <laughs> they are the best hospital in Ohio. Um, their communication could use some improvement. Yeah, and their, and their bedside manner may not be the best. But their care yeah. is... When we walked in there the first night, the dad got transferred up there. I mean, it was like they are like mission, they're, they're mission-minded. Like they are like... Tell us what's going on. We need to know right now. And they, they're just getting started right the, now. And they don't want anything other than what they asked. Yeah, they want facts. You give us facts, we're ready to go, and they're off and running. Um, but it has been an adventure and a half, one that I am ready for it to be over. Um, I am, I'm looking forward to the Lord doing a wonderful work through him. And I look forward to when he's able to post on Facebook again. 
And if you all want to send him a Facebook friend request, you can. Um, is just look for Randy Lavender on Facebook, and he posts a lot of a lot of uplifting quotes and things. Prepare to get bombarded with stuff about coffee because he's a coffee addict, <laughs> um, and um, uh, things about the space and astronomy because he's into that as well. And he'll post an awful lot of things like that. Um, like he'll do the, devotionals or yeah. funny things. He mm-hmm. does a lot of humorous things but too. S- send him a send him a friend request if you want to kind of stay up mm-hmm. on a lot of that. And I am sure that when he gets out, he will be able to um, add you. And then uh, I, I look forward to when he's able to do a complete Facebook story thing about his whole experience. Because here's what I want to know: I want to know about everything he heard and what he experienced. <laughs> I want to pick his brain, you know. Um, but anyway. Um, I think that's about all I really have. Uh, I, I could get into some other stuff, like the whole thing about Israel and prophecy. Good grief. Uh, that would take way longer than what I got today, but the whole thing going on in Israel. Some people, I will say this, some people say, are, are kind of getting behind the whole thing about free Palestine. You go back in history, and you, you realize that this whole situation is not about just simply giving the Palestinians a place to live. It's about eradication of the Jewish people. That's what it is at its core. And when you understand that, then the entire conflict makes sense, and you realize that those two peoples cannot live together and and be friendly. It just is impossible. You will never have peace in the Middle East until one or the other is gone. It's just how it is. And uh, God's people are the Jews, and I think I'll be on their side. I think think I'll stay that side, too. um, But anyway, yeah, just stay up on the news and uh, keep your eyes open. And, uh, yeah, monitor this. Monitor this, and I think it's... um, Psalms 83, uh, maybe Psalms 83, that kind of talks about a conflict that's very similar to what seems to be developing. Um, anyway, anything else you want to add? or Mm-mm. Just keep praying for us. We really appreciate it. Um, thoughts and prayers are definitely appreciated. Keep praying for him. Um, the Lord is working through him. He's doing way better than what he was. Like I said, I got a report today about how he was moving his thumb and stuff like that on movement on command from my sister. And um, he's doing his absolute dead level best to respond. He hears everything you say. Um, so anyway, and if anybody's up there around that, any ministers that will want to pray with him, uh, you know, and, and are up around the Columbus area, and you would like to go pray with him, and then by all means, I'm sure he would appreciate it. And um, he's at Ohio State. And uh, he is on the fourth floor of Doan Hall in the NICU. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, the neuro The ICU. neuro ICU is where he's at. Um, and I can't think off the back of my head what his uh, room number is. But if you call up there and you ask them for more information, they can give it to you. Um, and if you want to stop and pray with him, I'm sure he would definitely appreciate it. Because he'll know you were there. He will know. So anyway, um, I think that's about all I got. But there's just a little update on, on Dad and... And kind of like a, it's been a wake-up call. It's been a test, if you will, for your for your your prayers and your faith and everything. It's like it doesn't matter and everything. And, and it kind of brings you to a place that you've never been at before, in a way. It's just a very raw and um, tough place. And it makes you feel very vulnerable. It does. And it's very hard because you, you sometimes we want to be in command of everything. And sometimes, folks... Very rarely do we ever truly have to honestly get to a point where we take something and give it to God. Every day. Yeah. Sometimes it's a daily choice to give that thing back to God. Yep. That is hard to do sometimes. Um, But anyway, there'll be more that we'll talk about. And, uh, you know, in the end, when he's out, 
And if he has a lot to share, I'll tell you what I would like to do is to maybe even get him on here for the podcast. Now, that would be cool. And just <laughs> yeah. see what he says. He can what, take my place. After he's kicked you back to Indiana? After he's kicked me back to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. All right, folks, we're going to let you go. Y'all uh, pray for me when he yeah. wakes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guarantee you he remembers it. He remembers it. Like, Torture me for an hour. Um, anyway, so that's just it, basically an update on Dad. And just pray for us and uh, pray for him. Continue to pray for him that the Lord... Uh, just continues a miracle through him to bring him out of this so that way he can get back to where he can uh, do his devotionals with people. He can uh, preach again and just make a recovery. So that's what we're hoping and believing. So anything else? Nope. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye.